Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Leaders find themselves at a crossroad where digital innovation reshapes marketing at every turn. The challenge? Intertwining the efficiency of new tools with the personal touch that forges lasting relationships with clients. In a pivotal finding, 99% of marketers affirm that personalization propels customer relationships forward, with a striking 78% describing its impact as strong or extremely strong. This statistic heralds the importance of a tailored approach in the digital age. In this episode, we are joined by Rick Elmore, former NFL player to CEO of Simply Noted, to learn how his company is disrupting marketing and building relationships through meaningful communication. Grab a copy of my new book, Customer Transformation, a seven-stage strategy for customer alignment and business value. Learn how to adapt to your customers' ever-evolving needs and revolutionize your business strategy. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or my website. And to support the show, visit chrishood.com show. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media, or you can email me directly, show at chrishood.com. I'm Chris Hood, and let's get connected. Connecting. Access granted. It's the Chris Hood Digital Show, where global business and technology leaders meet to discuss strategy, innovation, and digital acceleration. Five, four, three, two, one. Your digital evolution starts now. Here's your host, Chris Hood. Welcome, Rick. Would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, my name is Rick Elmore. I'm the owner and founder of a company called Simply Noted. Uh, Simply Noted, essentially, easiest way to understand it, it's the constant contact of handwritten notes. Um, we help companies create beautiful handwritten note campaigns, integrate, automate, and scale genuine, genuine, personalized handwritten notes. I think it's great. I appreciate you being here. And when I think about handwritten notes, I go all the way back to a movie of the 80s called Real Genius. In that movie, there's a gentleman who lives in the closet, <laughs> crazy as it is, and he wants to submit to a sweepstakes but he has to handwrite all of the responses on the sweepstakes cards. So he automates it. And at the end of the movie, he ends up winning like 90% of the prizes because of how many entries he put in. Now, I think we may have all received some sort of handwritten note in the mail at some point in time. I think if anybody's like me, the first thing I do is I look at it and I'm like, is this a real person or is it printed? But what made you decide to get into this? Yeah, I have a pretty unique background. Um, I grew up playing sports. Um, I have a twin brother, and we went to the University of Arizona on an athletic scholarship. Had a pretty good career there. Played for Mike Stoops, was a three-year starter. I led the Pac-10 in multiple stat categories my junior and senior year, and then was drafted into the NFL um, in the sixth round, later draft pick to the Green Bay Packers. Played in the NFL for four years. I had to hang up the shoulder, pe or shoulder pads and cleats. Um, just like everybody. And then I got into like the corporate world, like a lot of the athletes do when they get done. It's just, it's competitive, right? It's rewarding. Um, you still kind of have like that team, you know, locker room, like rah-rah with your, with your uh, I guess, workmates. But after about seven years, I had a lot of success there. I was either, I was rookie of the year my first year and then the either top 1% or top five sales rep in the company. 
But then I went back and did my MBA, and the MBA is where like my entire life changed. I was actually in a marketing class about a year into my program in 2017, and uh, I had a marketing professor at the end of a three-hour lecture going through all the success rates of marketing, and he said something that was just so profound and that made so, so much sense to me. That was handwritten notes had a 99% open rate, and he was saying like email is this, text is this, print mail is this, you know, all the other formal channels. Um, and then he says that, and I was like, man, that is so obvious, right? And I grew up in an era, and it sounds like you did as well. Um, I didn't get a cell phone until I was 17. You know, I used to write notes. Coaches who sent me notes, those guys stood out, right, and meant more, showed me that they were taking the time to sit down and do that. So I was like, hey, if I can figure out a way to automate this or scale it for a business, there may be something here. And uh, there definitely was. Uh, <laughs> it's been five years in this company. Uh, we have 400,000 people using our platform every single month. Um, it's just absolutely been insane. Um, like you said, probably somebody has received something like this in the mail, but the one way to tell if it is real or, or printed is number one, to see if there's any pen indentations because a laser printer can't do that or take your, your thumb and lick it and smear the ink. And that's really where we stand out amongst the crowd. We've actually built our own fully automated handwriting robot. You don't even have to touch it. Orders come in, it gets sent to the robot, robot writes it, a person has to take it and put it in the mail. But um, yeah, we've, we've built a really cool platform that helps businesses integrate, automate, and scale so they can connect with their, their clients or their potential clients in a more meaningful way. Yeah, that's amazing. When you actually start to think about this and break it down like your marketing teacher shared with you, if we compare just the concepts of handwritten messages versus emails, we know that the actual email open rate is declining. And I think from a marketing perspective, one of the biggest challenges that most organizations have is reconnecting on that human level to bring a genuineness to their message. And I would guess that that's what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, it's just, you know, we grew up, I mean, we, we, we've grown up in a pretty phenomenal time in, in the world. You know, the internet started in the 90s, or I guess a little earlier than that. And there was the digital revolution from like 95 until 2022. Now we're going through the whole AI revolution. And like handwritten notes, the last thing that people genuinely can't imagine being scaled or automated. Um, it's the last form of communication that people can well perceive as, as automated. So um, companies are just like are desperate looking for ways to connect, like you said, with their audience in a more genuine way. You know, the average person receives like 150 emails a day, you know, between their work and their personal, the digital notifications, Slack, Facebook, Twitter, or X, right now it's X. Um, we just have so many notifications we're inundating. I, I want to take my phone here and like chuck it. Like it literally like, um, it get, makes my brain hurt how much attention this is drawing every single day. So like people don't even want to touch it. And then with all these different updates um, that you know the iOS is doing, it's making it even harder to retarget people. Um, so I think companies now, you know, are going back to what was once old, it's new again. You know, now hitting up the mailbox because nobody, Nobody's competing in the mailbox. And it's like, it's wide open. The average person receives like three or four handwritten notes a year. I would say it's less. And it's just connecting more personally. And I think when you try to compare yourself to a competitor, you know, everybody has good products nowadays. If you don't, you don't even have a chance to survive. 
And, you know, what helped me win as a sales rep and what's helped us grow this company is having a really good relationship with our clients. Um, relationship wins always. It's going to take you the long run, how your customers feel about you, what they think about you, how much they spend with you, continue to spend the referrals, the reviews. That comes from showing them appreciation and making sure they feel appreciated. And a handwritten note is a really way, a really easy way to do that. To your point, we are bombarded by everything on our phones. The stat today is roughly, we touch our phones about 2,600 times a day. Now, that seems like an astronomical number. We may not even check it. We're just instinctually, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep, we are touching our phones as a lifeline to the whatever. And so to bring that back out and say, look, we're going to just disconnect. We talk often about just disconnect and reacquaint yourself with people. That seems so hard to do. But fundamentally in marketing, we know that that relationship that you were talking about is essential to be successful in a business. And yet we see time and time again, especially over the last five years, people are moving away from that relationship building process and trying to automate it. You mentioned AI. They're all trying to automate that relationship with another form of technology and it's not working. No. It's not. And it's, I'm, I'm like laughing right here because I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying. And the problem is, is that it, they, they did a poll. I don't, I forget who it was, but they did a poll and it was 80% of businesses think that they're doing a great job showing customer appreciation. Like they're literally like, we're doing great. And then they serve their, their clients and it was 8%, 8% think that the company that they're working with or the brand they're working with is doing a great job with their, their customer experience or appreciation so it's like it's really funny because like that's just such human nature right when you think about it like oh we're doing everything we're doing a great job but they when you really you know dig into it the devil's in the details you talk to people you get the feedback we can always be doing better and i'm not saying a handwritten note's the only way um, i say it's just an extra tool in the tool belt but what i do personally you know i run a business that that automates and does this you know i'll call any client that spends more than 500 bucks with us if they're new um, the next month. So like at the beginning of the following month, I'll get a list and see who our new clients are and I'll call them personally. And like it blows their mind that a, you know, an owner of a company is taking the time to call somebody, you know? So like it's going the extra distance. I mean, you really have to nowadays. Nobody's special anymore. There's a competing product to everything. Doesn't matter if you're in real estate, insurance, nonprofit, handwritten notes, automation, CRM medical sales, mortgage, it doesn't matter. There's a, there's an alternative to what you sell. So it's your job to not only give them great service, but to make sure that they feel appreciated, you know, that they chose you to work with. So it's on your LinkedIn profile. And for the listeners, we're going to connect you to Rick's LinkedIn. The stat is 80% of companies believe they provide excellent customer service, while only 8% of the customers agree. And that's from Bain and Company. It's an amazing stat because I talk often about this internal bias that you believe you are connecting with your customer. And the reality is we see that it's just their belief system. It's their own internal belief system, biases that are being portrayed through marketing, which is not aligned at all with what their customers want, expect. And I think 
your point that you just made about the CEO actually communicating one-on-one with the customers is fabulous. I was talking with somebody else maybe a couple of weeks ago, and this actually came up in a conversation. Why is it so hard for a CEO to say, you know what? I want to sit down with 10 of our customers. I don't care who they are. Pick them randomly. Just bring them in and let's sit down with them and talk because I want to hear from them what we're doing well, what we could improve upon, what's not working. And yet there is still hardly any CEOs out there who are spending that one-on-one time directly with their customers. Yeah. And I I know why. I mean, I've been running a business for five years and you're kind of like, you're either like, you know, you're too early on in the process to where you're just managing too many things, right? You're wearing every hat, you're, you're trying to put out every fire, right? And then like, once you get to the past that certain point, then your business grows and then you hire all these people and you try to like delegate and let them do it. So um, it really has to be like personal, right? The, the person in charge has to make it personal that they want to do it. And um, I think that's the difference. And I think human nature, you know, when you hear the feedback, you're, you're kind of like defensive, like, wait a second, like we are doing a good job. What do you mean? We you don't, you, we're not doing a good job. Right. But it's, <laughs> it's trying to change that mindset. It's like, Hey, this is feedback, right? I'm not going to react to this. My reaction's like, you know, I'm going to be defensive. I'm going to respond to this. Hey, this person feels this way. I'm going to take this as genuine feedback. They obviously feel this way for a reason. How can we get better? And just, you know, having that conversation like that with them, it shows them like that you care, right? Versus that you're going to be defensive and say, hey, we're actually are doing a good job. You're just, you know, not a good client. <laughs> so you kind of got to swallow your pride a little bit. We all know this, right? We have difficult clients. There's people you'll never make happy, right? But um, I think you still got to have that approach. You know, the client, you have to be obsessed with their, their experience, how they can see or perceive they're having uh, their perception of your, your business and what you can do better for them. Well, it brings it back to data points. It removes that bias and it allows you to say, look, I may not like what these customers are saying and it may go against what I believe we should be doing. But at the end of the day, the customer, you know, it's cliche. The customer is always right. My argument is, is they probably are not necessarily always right. But when you scale that, you get to a point where, 50%, 51%, 70%, 90% are telling you to do something, you probably should be listening to that. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's when you're a younger company where like you're, you're scratching pennies together to to grow your company, it's really hard to have that mindset because you think of like a Costco, um, Costco does a phenomenal job with their clients. Like it's like a zero questions asked return policy. You don't like it, just bring it back. There you go. Right. Um, I mean, they're not, I don't even know if they're just not even looking for the feedback for their product. They just want to make sure that that person feels like they're right all the time. Right. And they stay loyal. They refer their friend, their friends, they work, they buy more over time. So it's just really hard. And I feel for all those young business owners who, you know, we're just getting out of that five year crazy battle of growing this business. And it's been a battle. So like and we all go through it, right? Cause most businesses fail within five years. But it's the ones who can weather the storms and, and have those hard conversations with clients. And, you know, I, my background is actually sales, but I was obsessed with the relationship with the client because I knew my relationship would weather any product problems. Like knowing that I was going to pick the phone up, you know, jump to it, offer solutions, show them that I cared. Right. I take the same mindset over here. You know, it's the same pr- 
you know, were we the best four years ago? I don't know. We weren't. But like I, I made sure that they knew that I was going to do everything I can for them to help them, you know, have a successful project with us. So connecting personally, having that relationship, listening, um, showing that you care, taking the time. Right. That is what goes the extra mile. And that, I mean, that's what our service tries to to help people do is connect on a more personal level, because when they do receive that handwritten note, perception is reality. They're going to think that you sat down and sent them a handwritten note. So we always say use it for appreciation, saying thank you, even though so many people, I mean, a lot of like 50% of our business always try to like upsell. I mean, it's always like, hey, thank you so much. Here's 20% off your next order. You know, just do a full stop. Thank you. Like that is going to be so much more effective in the long run. It, it really is. And there's an American Express study saying that if you can just stop your retention or your customer attrition or turnover rate by 5%, your business accounts, your year over year revenue is going to grow 25 to 95%. Your bigger accounts, right? So you stop losing your bigger accounts. So relationship, went on relationship, right? Because the product has to be good anyways. Went on relationship and they're going to stick around and become raving fans and help you grow your business more naturally. When you started five years ago, and then to where you are today, what's the biggest thing you've learned from a leadership perspective? Well, I've worn every single hat in this business, so um, I've had to I've had to manage electrical engineers, software engineers, mechanical engineers, full stack developers, front end developers, um, sales team, production team, hiring, firing. Um, I think, I mean, leadership comes in all different like forms or fashions, but like in the early days. Um, you got to have like a level of confidence because your team will see that if they see you're freaking out and uh, you know yelling and, and worried all the time, you got to instill confidence in your team that you know what you're doing and that you know this is going to work, um, especially for startups. Um, but leadership, I mean, it, it's 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 a really hard thing. I mean, because like doing the right thing isn't always the easy thing. And uh, as companies grow, you got to learn how to have those co tough conversations but show them that you care. You know, my background's in athletics, so I got coached hard my entire life. You know, college in the NFL, I mean, these guys would spit at you when they're coaching you. But, you know, when you show them that you care, you can coach them hard, right? And, I mean, I always use my athletic background as an example because I just feel like that's just such a phenomenal resource for life. All Everything there can be transferred to running a business. But I mean, showing your team you care um, and making sure that they know that you care um, in the later years is going to help, you know, motivate them to have more intrinsic, you know, self-starter to, you know, take on more responsibility versus somebody who's just delegating and pushing and telling people what to do um, versus helping them um, along the way in their journey. We touched a little bit on artificial intelligence, but there's a lot of technologies out there that are streamlining personalization in the marketing approach. And clearly your product is all about personalization. What are the technologies that you either use or have experience with that are really driving some of that personalization for businesses? Well, ChatGBT, I mean, we leverage OpenAI's um, API. So, I mean, we literally, all of our handwritten notes can be written by AI if you want, all completely personalized. We have a pretty unique um, Zapier workflow that somebody like um, sets up the product they bought into an OpenAI automation writes a message and puts it on a, on a spreadsheet. The spreadsheet pushes it over <laughs> to Simply Noted. So, I mean, people are getting really creative. I mean, I love Zapier. You can get really creative with all the automations and workflows there. 
But um, I think you got to literally, especially with how fast things are changing right now, you have to constantly be on. You know, I watch tons of YouTube videos every single day with, 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 with what's changing because literally things are changing every day. I mean, you got to be ahead of ahead of the a curve, I guess. But um, you know, our platform leverages you know machine learning for the robots that write. I mean, so that's a custom built handwriting engine. Um, and then our website, you know, we leverage a lot of automation tools. But you know, OpenAI has really helped people come up with a lot more you know personalization and custom messaging um, that they're trying to get in front of their targets. In the machine learning process for writing, have you gotten to a point where you could potentially replicate? I mean, I don't want to talk about forgery here, but like if I wanted to write something in the pen style of William Shakespeare, would we be able to do that? As long as we have enough of his writing, absolutely. Um, we have to feed, we basically take the samples, we feed the machine learning, the machine learning ha- learns how you write, the natural spacing, curvature, ligatures, the slanting. I mean, we train it on how to write like you. Um, what separates us from everybody else in this this space, they just use fonts that just they literally just randomize characters. We don't do that. Um, that was one of the reasons we built our own handwriting robot. Like if we truly wanted to stand out and be the best and have a tangible reason why we're the best, like we had to build it. And handwriting engine, all the machine learning, we're literally taking, we, we take your handwriting, we scan it, we rewrite it, we train it. And then as it writes, no, if you wrote the letter or the word and, A-N-D, and a hundred times, it literally would write it a hundred times completely different. It's not just rotating characters like other technologies. So it's been an incredible um, uh, undertaking. Um, we've we've spent millions of dollars, reinvested profitably through, through customer funding. We have no loans, no debt, no investors, and we've put it all back into technology. We've, you know, how uh, um, Nvidia's banked on AI. We've banked on this technology as being like what was going to help us separate ourselves and scale this company. It's just really amazing. When we talk about handwriting, could you see this being leveraged? in other industries or being implemented in, in some other type of use case? As great tech, as great as technology is, I mean, there's a lot of bad things that will come from it just because there's bad people out there. You know, there's you know people out there cloning people's voices and calling parents saying, I have your child, right? Like, you know, if there's an opportunity, there's gonna be a bad person out there that's gonna, you know, capitalize on it. So there are ways people can use this and, disingenuous ways like the example from the 80s you know someone can sit there and just (laughs) send a bunch of letters right um yeah i mean there is there are some ways you know we have people like send people like letters to prison like it's it's really interesting um you know in some cases we have to literally just cancel the order because i'm like worried about like what's being done here (laughs) so it's just you know you give people an opportunity there's just gonna be bad people out there that take advantage of it and do bad things with it Well, that's a great segue into just general ethics. When we think about the ethics of using artificial intelligence and machine learning, automation, as as you're touching on, there's also a lot of conversations going on right now about just the ethics of marketing, the ethics of privacy. How do you look at that from your perspective? Well, this is in our space, you know, you're usually sending to someone's home, right? And some people can think that's a little how would you say, you know, personal to personal, right? Like you're, you're engaging somebody at their house, but we usually work with like service-based industries, real estate, mortgage, insurance, insurance, nonprofit, political, um, where it's kind of normal 
to be contacted contacted at home but we are definitely reaching into a, a like uncharted space right now where we're we're stepping over the line you know like we you can, i can train uh, an ai to use my face and it can listen to my voice for 15 minutes from this podcast it can learn my voice from this podcast and then you can type into the computer and it's me you know ai me using my ai voice and you can you know do bad things with it, right? So someone can create a video of me, put it on YouTube, and it will look like me and sound like me, and they can just go off and say something. And how is that going to hurt my reputation? So um, <laughs> I think we're going into some really interesting, but a lot of businesses will be created off of this on how to protect yourself, right? So with good comes bad, but then there's new business opportunities to make money. So um, everything evolves, right? You know, everything just evolves. So um, businesses will evolve to protect you as well. Yeah, I think the increase in cybersecurity and definitely when we start getting into some of the legal ramifications of artificial intelligence and copyright laws and who knows where we're going to end up in the again in the next two or three years yeah it's scary i mean i'm telling you that i, I follow this guy on, on youtube he literally releases a day or a video every single day it's like what's changed in ai and it's always like completely revolutionized you know the business has already changed overnight I mean, I'm like, I'm scared to learn things. It's like, why am I going to spend 10 hours learning this? Because it's going to be completely, you know, changed tomorrow. <laughs> and then you probably won't even have to learn it because it's going to get so smart. It's going to do it itself. Like, literally, that's where we're going. You know, it's, it's wild. It is very scary in terms of the speed by which the machine can learn and the speed by which it can produce. It It is, but I, I wouldn't be afraid of change, you know, um, you know, how did the internet revolutionize the world? I mean, it really, it literally revolutionized the world and AI is going to do the same thing. So I think um, people just got to get comfortable with adapting and growing and learning. It's, and I mean, I have friends and family that don't want to adapt and grow and learn. They're just comfortable, you know, where they're at and, and get it to each their own. Some people just are comfortable in their spot, but it's, if you're not learning, we're in the age where you have to learn um, because all this stuff is going to change every business. It's going to put a lot of, you know, going to erase a lot of positions um, and learning how to leverage this technology. It's going to be a part of our lives. I spoke at a high, a high school a couple of weeks ago and the class was entirely taught in high school. It's like a ninth grade class entirely taught on a computer. You know, like I, I mean, I had a computer class in seventh grade that taught us how to use a QWERTY keyboard, right? Like to teach us how to type. Right. But like, that's where we're going, you know, and then the teacher was the teacher was just there to make sure people weren't, you know, talking like in China. You know, they're using AI, you know, they're using AI for student learning right now. Like they're literally monitoring. They put this device on your forehead and they monitor if you get distracted. Like, I mean, it's I mean, it's going to change everything. It really is. I mean, it's exciting and scary. How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Yeah, so um, you can just go to simplynoted.com. We do a pretty good job. Well, this isn't on video, but we, I was going to show our sample kit. Um, if you want to send some handwritten notes or automate them to your clients, just go to simplynoted.com and request a sample kit. There's just a nice call to action button right there that says request a sample. We'll send you it for free. Or go to LinkedIn. I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. It's my only real social media platform. And just look me up. It's Rick, Elmore, E-L-M-O-R-E. And I try to respond to everyone's message within an hour. Rick, I appreciate it. It's been a fabulous conversation. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. And of course, thanks to all of you who are listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review. Your feedback helps us improve and grow. 
And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, you can connect with us throughout social media and online at Chris Hood Show. And please share this episode with your friends, family, colleagues, or anyone else looking to grow their business and start their own digital evolution. Until next week, take care and stay connected.